Yeah, what's up guys? In this interview, I'm talking with my good mate, Tyler Walter, who's a 25-year-old entrepreneur from the US. He went from a party boy college kid to financially free at 23 years old. We had such a fun time chatting about all the things related on how he went from who he was to what he's created in such a short amount of time. We talked about the top books to read as a young adult. We talked about how to create winning habits, winning beliefs, and winning thoughts. So grab your notepad and pen. This episode is absolutely fire. You're in for an epic treat. Welcome to the Dreaming Out Loud family where young entrepreneurs come to get inspired, learn the tips, tricks, and attitude of what it takes to live their dream life. I'm your host, Morgan Nelson. Each week, I'm going to bring you the most epic guests to share their stories and wisdom to help you expand your mind of what's truly possible in your world. Uh, Awesome, guys. Welcome. So today's guest is uh, an absolute great friend of mine, someone who I've just had the absolute privilege of uh, getting to know these last couple of years. He's a 25-year-old absolute legend entrepreneur from the US who uh, started out college studying a Bachelor of Science and Civil Engineering. After reading the 40-hour work week and Richard pulled out in his last year of college, he realized that he kind of had to change something up. And after experiencing a year in corporate America, realized that it just wasn't the life for him. So he started looking for different ways out and it took him two years to find his vehicle, which was network marketing. And he's since been able to build a six-figure residual income, become one of the top incomers in the company under 25 years old and leads an organization of over 2,300 people. And has spoken on stages of up to 10,000 people on the power of our thoughts and our success. So please help me welcome the guy who went from never being able to travel at all to now being able to spend so much time traveling all around the globe, some time with me in Peru last year, living his best life while making an awesome income and an amazing impact. My man, Mr. Tyler Walter, what's up, my brother? Morgan Nelson, what's up, man? How's it going, Down Under? Mate, Down Under is amazing. I love you guys, though. <laughs> I can't wait I, for you uh, to get. I miss hanging out with my Aussie friends, dude. I I feel I feel lost. I haven't been over to the states this time uh, yet this year. So I, I yeah, we we need to catch up when all this Corona crap is done and let's have some fun, eh, dude? So yeah, let's jump straight into it, right? Take us back, take us back to you know when you were like that seventeen, eighteen year old when you just finished school, just starting out in college. What was life kind of like for you? What 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 did you kind of have planned already for your future back at that age? Yeah, at that age, you know, school was always really boring for me growing up. Um, it came naturally to me. I always got good grades, but I was kind of a clown as well. I never really took it serious. I never, I don't remember ever doing homework growing up. And um, I was a really good football player, American football, and decided I was going to go to college and do that. And that's why I picked my college really was to play football. And I just happened to be good at math and science. So I ended up in an engineering program and I don't think anybody knows what they want to do when they're 18. I think it's kind of crazy that we expect people to, but um, there I was, you know, signing up for, I think $45,000 a year to go to the school I went to play football and um, study engineering. Luckily I got some money to, to help myself pay for that because of sports, but I just went up there and really focused hard on being the best athlete I could be and studied uh, studied the bottom of the bottle on the weekends, you know, a little bit more than I did to my books. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another and I had a good time and I, I worked hard. My, my dream really, I mean, going there was my goal was to be the starting quarterback on the, the Ohio Northern University football team. That's where I attended school. And um, I worked hard for that. I, I put in the hours. I mean, 
college football is a full-time job. We, I think we calculated it as about 50, 55 hours a week we put towards it. And at a small school like I went to, we started to be full-time students as well. And uh, like I said, I was a full-time partier on the weekend. So I didn't sleep much, but I worked really hard to be the best football player I could be. And I, my first season, I was third string. I was third on the depth chart. And my second season, I worked my way up to second. And I got a varsity lettered. I got to play some. And my junior season, I was finally, you know, about to achieve my goal. I was about to be the starting quarterback on the Ohio Northern football team. I had been a starter all spring practice. The, the season is in the fall and the autumn. But all spring, I was the starter during practice all summer long during workouts. I was the guy. I was going to be the leader of the team. And one month before I reported back to camp that fall to start the new season, I was playing pickup basketball like I have a million times. And I went up for a rebound like I have a million times. And I came down like I have a million times. And my knee just went and just exploded on me. And I mean, you could hear it. It was an audible pop. And I knew in an instant that my life was changed because of this injury. And I knew in an instant my football career was probably over. And it turns out it was. You know, I tore some things and had to have reconstructive surgery. And this close, you know, this close to my goal just was about to see it realized and it was taken away from me because of this injury and I played victim for a while I felt sorry for myself I tried to hide from the fact that I was ashamed about, about what happened I partied harder I hung out with the wrong crowd I tre treated my body like a landfill ate like crap and didn't sleep and it just led to a slippery slope of um, really viewing the world from a negative mindset and on top of all of this I was getting closer and closer to graduation and I had this real pit of anxiety in my stomach because I had already done some internships. I had already worked in the corporate setting. I knew what was on the other side of walking across that stage and getting my diploma. And I didn't want to do it because I'd rather stay and party than go face the real world like people like to call it, whatever that is. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, that's where I was. Uh, I guess it's been five years ago. Life was, life was not pretty, so to speak. Um, on the outside, it might have looked pretty. It looked like I had it all together, but I definitely didn't. Yeah. And how, how did you, how did you go from, how did you go from being in that victim mentality, I guess, and thinking that, you know, your whole dream's over and your life's over and all that stuff. How did you go from having that victim mentality to kind of coming out the other end and picking up a book like Rich Dad, Poor Dad or the four hour work week? Like what, what changed did you, how did you kind of come out of that and how did all that stuff? That's, yeah, it's funny how that happened because you know, growing up as a young kid, I loved reading. I loved that putting myself in a different world by reading books, but um, for whatever reason, society really beats that out of you. Like it's kind of nerdy, right? It's kind of nerdy to do that. Like, especially if you're in the sports world, like I was, it's, it's nerdy to read books. And uh, I went from the age of probably 13 to 21 when I picked up those books. I don't think I read a single book cover to cover, not even for school. I would find ways to cheat the system and read summaries. Right. And stuff. I was the exact same. I never yeah. read like I, I was actually convinced um, that I was like dyslexic, right? Because they're the yep. same as what you're saying. It's nerdy or it's wrong or what, what I think it is also as well, like the books they give us, like I don't give a shit about reading To Kill a Mockingbird. I don't know if you guys had to study yep. that over there. We, same <laughs> we, book. Yep, same book. we had to study that like, you know, and, and, you know, I developed like a, uh, a meaning around like reading is just so crap, like such a waste of time. Um, so yeah, I, I totally understand you. Like if only, what, what, yeah. as if they gave us books like Rich Dad Poor Dad back in school to study that, right? If they gave us classes like, well, they one, should, one, they one, should. <laughs> that, that's a, I know it's a passion of yours as well. It's a passion of mine. I mean, someday we're going to find a way to get those kind of things in people's hands at the right age. Because if I would have known what I know now when I was 17, I could have saved a lot of years and a lot of money and a lot of stress. But um, anyways, yeah, it's funny how I came back across it. Really, um, I 
I, again, I hadn't read a book in eight years. And one night I, I went through on top of all of the stuff I was going through, which really isn't that big of a deal looking back on. But at the time I was so convinced my life was falling apart. And um, my grandfather passed away. And that was the first time anybody in my life that I was really close with passed away. Um, I had a really good relationship to him. He was like a second father to me. And he lost the battle of cancer and passed away. And that, you know, death really makes you appreciate life. And that's why it's, it's good that we're mortal because if we live forever, we wouldn't appreciate all the little things. And when he passed away, it kind of woke me up like, all right, what am I doing with my life? And you know, my life's going to end, whether it's 40 years from now, 80 years from now or tomorrow, it's going to end. And do I want it to be spend my life doing what I'm doing now and going down the path I'm going down now? And I was like, no. And just on one random night, you know, I, I, I live with a bunch of guys and there was always, you know, weed on the table and beer cans on the floor and stuff everywhere. And I walked home one night, and I just, I wasn't feeling it. I was like, I, I don't want to be in this environment. I went for a walk and I ended up in front of the, the library on campus, which I probably never went in there except for studying for tests when I had to. And, um, I, you know, I went to the, the business entrepreneurship section because I think I just been thinking about things like that. And I, and I got my hands on a couple of those books and I'm so glad I picked the two I did to start with. And four hour work week, really shifted my mindset around what uh, what making an income and what work-life balance is supposed to look like you know work-life balance is a crappy term thrown around by people who don't have any work-life balance and what four-hour work week taught me was that you could work less but work smarter and make even more income and give yourself time to work on the things you love to travel and do those kind of things and it started to get me dreaming bigger and then i read rich dad poor dad and he gave tangible ideas and mathematical principles of money on how you can actually go about doing that, how you can build the term residual income. I mean, it was probably the first time I ever really heard it or understood it. And once I read those books, I was just addicted. I mean, there was lists in the back of those of other recommendations. And I went and got those books and read them and read them. And I actually ended up making a goal for myself. And what was that? 2017 to read a hundred books because I knew it was changing my life so fast. And I got to 81. I didn't you get did? to 100, okay. I read 81 read books in a yeah. year. Yep. <laughs> Far out. What's crazy? What, what were your, apart from Richard Poor Dad and the Four Hour Work Week, what, what would be your other top five books from those Man, 81? Where to even begin? I think um, when you're just getting started, I think The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy is really mm-hmm. powerful because when I read that, I realized that if I read more and read faster and doubled down on these things, my results would come even faster because it's all about the compound effect. We know how that applies to money, we've seen it in the stock market or whatever, but how it applies to our daily habits, it's crazy. Because in the beginning, I was reading all these books. I mean, for a year, I read 81 books in a year. And on the outside, my life didn't change much. I was still a broke college kid just starting out in my career. Um, My relationship didn't look much different. Nothing really looked much different. But four years later now, everything that's happened in my life, I can go back to that year and say, that's why it happened because of the compound effect of those actions I took every day. I mean, I was, every spare moment I had, I had my nose in a book. I was working out. I was listening to books on Audible. I was driving. I mean, it really compounded. So the compound effect, um, Think and Grow Rich is a huge one. I really, really recommend to anyone. Just a, um, a quick thing on the, the compound effect. Yeah. So um, a couple of years ago when I was, I was in Maui, right? And Darren Hardy was there. I was speaking at that event with, with Darren Hardy. Yeah. And he was talking about the compound effect. And I, I actually, I didn't know who he was or that book or anything. And he's given this speech. I'm like, wow, this is freaking amazing. Um, makes so much sense and he gave us the book and everything and then we then we had dinner um with him and i was talking to him about about this and it's so funny because like it's not so much the i think like we we because it's all like we're habitual beings right and and how he described it's like it's the the 
when you truly understand how everything compounds and everything you do today is times by what you do tomorrow. And I think some people think they have to take huge action every single day, every, like all day, every single day, right? But the reality is there's days we feel like shit. There's days we don't want to do it. Um, you know, and I, and I actually think they're the days that really make up the most because like, so he, he was talking about like working out and, and I'm like this as well. Like, you know, I have a love hate relationship with the gym. If I'm in good flow, I'm in Bali and it's hot. I'm at CrossFit. I train every single day. I love it. But when I'm traveling the world, I'm in hotels and I'm doing all these things. I'm jet lag or whatever. Like I'm not keen to hit the gym. Um, but what, what he said, he's like, he goes, cause we're in Maori, right? And he flew in from Europe or something and he was feeling rocked. And he's like, I come downstairs and I go to the gym this morning. I didn't want to go to the gym. I walk inside the door and, and the lady goes, I, he, I, I grab my towel and she goes, okay, have a good workout. And he goes, a good workout. He's like, I'm not having a good workout. I don't enjoy <laughs> this shit. He's like, but I'm doing it. And he's like, I only did like a 15 or 20 minute workout. I barely even did anything, but he's like, I did it not for the result. I did it to reinforce the habit of actually doing it. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest thing for me. I'm like, damn, like, so even just continually doing the things we know we have to do every single day, even though we don't want to do it, not for the outcome, but just to continue that habit. Cause it just, when we're in momentum, it just compounds bigger and bigger. I love that. Thank you. So good. You know why you're successful, Morgan? Why? I have friends like you. Cause you're such a good storyteller, man. I, I need to hang out with you Aussies more. You guys just keep people on the edge of your seat. You know, that's a story I should tell if we get, we get to it tonight when we talk about all those stories we had that one night over. Oh man, no, no, no. That's, that's for, uh, we're not allowed to go into those half those stories, but <laughs> quick one, what, <laughs> what do we not, do? Definitely not talking about the details. Of the story. <laughs> no, no details, but that, that day is a quick, quick, uh, quick little, um, recap on that day. What that was, we started that day about 3 a.m. We went to Machu Picchu yeah, together, right? Yep. 3 a.m. wake up, went all the way up to Machu Picchu. It's incredible. We get back, me, you, Adam Nesbitt, Brennan DeSalas, wasn't it? We pick up and yep. I go, man, this is a long train ride back. It's a long bus ride. I'm going to get a whole case of beer. Me, me and Adam and, and, and you boys, like, we, we start just turning up on the, on the bus and the train back. And we'll cut <laughs> back to the hotel room by about nine. And we sat at that bar, didn't we, until about 2, 3 a.m., just tipping the bartender because they were trying to shut. They're like, yep. we're, we're finished, we're finished. No, no, no. Mas, mas, uno mas, uno mas. What were we drinking? <laughs> Pisco sours. <laughs> yeah, mas, Pisco, Pisco sours, whatever that Peru drink is. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, it, it's just such great conversation. That you didn't want the night to end. You know, nah, no, no. So many great things. But yeah, you're an incredible storyteller. But, but anyways, I mean, like you're saying, compound effect, incredible. And, and the habit is so important. And one other book I think I'd like to recommend is, I think a lot of people stop with habit. I think we understand um, that to get results, we need more than actions. We need habitual actions. We need habits. I think people generally understand that, but I think I know myself included, like you're talking about with the gym, I'm the same way. Like after not being an athlete anymore, I don't have a coach telling me where to work out and when to show up anymore. It's harder because the habit isn't the problem. I know the habit I need. It's the belief that builds the habit. The belief is so important without strong beliefs. If you don't believe your habits worthwhile, if you don't believe you're worth success, if you don't re- believe that you can be healthy by working out, you're not going to actually build the habit. And there's no better book in the world on beliefs than, than this one. And everybody knows Think and Grow Rich, but that's not the book I'm going to recommend. Um, Napoleon Hill wrote Think and Grow Rich, powerful book, but he also wrote a book that nobody really knows. You know, he wrote a book called Outwitting the Devil. And this, I love the story behind this book. Napoleon Hill was a huge thought leader, writer, businessman back in the early 1900s to mid-1900s, and he wrote a lot of books. And Think and Grow Rich is 
I, mean, I think it's like next to the Bible, the most purchased book in the last hundred years or something like that. But he wrote this book called Outwitting the Devil. And at the time, the title was kind of racy, a little edgy, right? Like people didn't know if they wanted to saw it. So his, his wife wouldn't let him publish this book. And he put the manuscript in the attic, forgot about it and died. And 50 years later, his grandson or granddaughter found this manuscript in the attic uh, called Outwitting the Devil. And they went ahead and published it. And it's one of the most transformative books ever. And what the concept of the book is, is how we all have this, this little devil, this little voice in our head that tells us to stay small, to tell us, tells us that fear, to let fear stop us. That little voice that you think about when you're a kid in, in the cartoons, they got an angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. It's that kind of that concept for adults. And that book is unbelievable at shaking your beliefs and making you rethink the things that you think are fact or you think are real about your life and the way your life needs to look and making you realize that, hey, you're in control. If you can shift your thoughts, you can shift your reality. And when you can get that piece, when you can get your beliefs on point, where you can get yourself, you know, Morgan, to believe that you could be the beast you want to be, then you have no problem creating the habit of working out. You know, the, the habit comes naturally. and It's so key. So I love that book. Nobody's really ever heard of it. I actually stumbled upon it in a bookstore one night. I saw it in the section. I loved it. And I, I read it four or five times since. I've never heard that. So I'm going to go get that. That's my next Check book. it out. I'm reading, dude. You're the freaking man. Uh, that's three. We've got compound effect, thinking go rich, outwitting the devil. What's, what's two more? Can you think of two more? Yeah, two more. Um, two more that you wish someone just gave to you when you're like 15 years old. Okay, here's another off the wall one. And I'm a nerd and, and you're probably going to think I'm a nerd for saying this morning, but I love history. That's the one subject in school I actually was entertained by. And um, one of the early books I read was the autobiography of Benjamin Franklin, who is, you know, an American folklore hero. Um, but so many good lessons in there because he was, I think, the youngest of 17 children. They didn't have any money to even like give the guy shoes. He had no formal education. But somehow he went on to be a businessman that retired himself at the age of 40 and was one of the wealthiest people in colonial America. He became a, a scientist that discovered the, what, what lightning was. He was an inventor that invented several huge inventions that changed the face of the world. He invented fire stations. As we know him today, he invented biofocals. He invented the wood stoves that used to heat their homes. And on top of all that, what, we, what he's known for is being the politician that really created America and saved us from um, you know, British, British rule. So his life is amazing. And as a kid, you learn it. And you're like, oh, yeah, cool. Like he, was, he was a really successful guy. But when you go in and read his story, I mean, the majority of the biography is about how he became that guy. And it's fascinating because he was so self-made. I mean, he grew up with nothing. And back then, it's not like you could go to the self-help section at the library and get a book on how to improve your life. There wasn't even libraries. He invented libraries. He invented public libraries. Benjamin Franklin did. And um, it's just fascinating because he, I mean, he literally wrote himself personal development plans before that was even a thing. I mean, he mapped out his daily habits. He checked them off every day. He planned his hours. He understood the power of meditation and all these things that are just now 300 years later becoming popular he knew then and he, he built himself into the man he was it's just a fascinating story and i, I love it and I, I actually take a lot of his lessons as old as they are i use in my own personal life you ever read any of his stuff or know about it at all no like i know the name you know mainly from like watching billy madison and um what the big daddy the big, bill, right? big daddy right yeah, yeah 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 you yeah. get them ben benjamin franklin's like as an aussie Benny's. I got no idea who Benjamin Franklin is. I just, <laughs> well, I, I gave just you a history lesson there. <laughs> I love it, dude. But, but, um, but the lesson there is, I mean, one of the best ways to learn, get what you want in life is, is find people who have it and read their stories. I mean, biographies have so many good lessons. You can find a million of them. The last book I'll give you, another nerdy one, 
Um, actually, just read this a couple weeks ago. I, I, wanted, I always read personal development and business because I love it. And I'm addicted to growing. And I was like, I just need to give myself a break. I'm going to read something more enjoyable. And again, it's, how nerdy is this? But my idea of enjoyable is a book called Sapiens on the history of Homo sapiens, on the history of humans. And it's just like a cool, like scientific slash storytelling journey of humans from hunter gatherers to what we've become today and all these things we've accomplished as a, as a race. And um, it was fascinating because almost a third of the book talked about the history of money and capitalism and how that's influenced the way humans have developed. And I did not expect to get a lesson out of that book. I was reading it for entertainment, but I got a really profound lesson on just, just how money is, it's fake. It's a made up figment of human imagination. And the only reason it's worth anything is because we've all agreed on, and I could talk for 30 minutes on what I learned there, but it really kind of transformed the way I think about money and wealth. And the, basically the biggest takeaway was there's no, there's no way to cheat the system. There's no get rich quick. The only way to accumulate money in the long run is to find a way to provide value. And then you can store that value in the form of money. And here's, here's the lesson. If you think of someone, a young woman who's beautiful, that's valuable. People value that, right? It's a, it's a valuable asset to be young and beautiful, but beauty is fleeting. And by the time she's old, she'll no longer have beauty, right? But when she's young, she might choose a career as an actor or, or I'm sorry, an actress or a model because she can trade that value of beauty for money while she has it. And then when she's older, she'll have all this money she accumulated because she traded that value. But all she did was trade, trade something that couldn't be quantified, her beauty, for something quantifiable money. And then she can use that money to you know, do what Rich Dad Poor Dad talks about, buy assets that add value. And I think so many people, especially in the entrepreneurial space, our age, Morgan, they're inundated with Facebook ads about the next best thing to go make money. And it's all get rich quicks. It's all these quick fixes where you might find a hack where you can sell, buy a product for a dollar here and sell it for $2 here and make a little bit off the top. And it's a, it's a quick term approach. And you might be able to not add value to the world and make a little money in the short term, but eventually you won't. And there might be people who have a lot of value to provide the world that fall on hard times. But in the long run, the people who have the most money are the ones who've added the most value. And it was such a good lesson from a book I never expected to get a lesson from. So I'd recommend that one too. That's freaking incredible. Everything's always perfect. And what I love so much about you is like, you're just, you go with your hunches. Like, like what happened with you, you're, you're back in that college dorm room. You said the beer cans everywhere, weed on the table. And something just told you to get out and go for a walk. And then, you know, I think that's such a huge thing is to really just be so intuitive and listen to these little nudges we get and be so open to just, just like going in the unknown zone. I think so, sometimes so many people are so fixated and having to be certain about what's going to happen. Like I love like, you know, David Wood, right? David C.S. Wood, great friend and mentor of mine. He, he, like every time we're together, holy crap, man, outside the comfort zone, the unknown zone, it's just such a, yeah. it's just so much more fun out there. Just go with the flow. Mm -hmm. Everything's always perfect. And you find the biggest lessons, but let's go back to the, um, you're talking about the, the belief patterns, right? The, the belief patterns. Cause mm -hmm. I know we, we were talking last time we were talking, you're really talking about how that was such a huge thing. You were able to kind of mold and that's what's been able to create your kind of success. Something that you're truly passionate about kind of talking about Go into a little bit more of, of that for us and how you've kind of been able to out with your devil and go and create the success that, that you have now. Yeah, absolutely. The, the first step is finding people who have what you want and modeling their success and figuring out what makes them tick and what they do and modeling it. And, you know, I had all these natural things. Like you said, my gut, my gut told me I like to read. I want to learn. My gut told me that corporate America wasn't for me. Sitting at a cubicle wasn't for me. But for so long, I didn't listen to my gut. 
because everyone around me was doing that. Everybody around me thought reading was nerdy. Everybody around me thought the way to spend your weekends is, is to get messed up and party. Everybody around me thought there's no other way but working a job for 40 years. So I had, my brain had become completely reprogrammed to think my life had to look a certain way. And one of the early lessons I learned in some of those books I read that year was you got to find someone who has what you want and then you follow their lead. And I, I went to an event. I went to a, a conference. The first time I met you actually, Morgan, which you may remember, we met very briefly in passing and you were still a bit of a schmuck then. It's crazy to see how far you've come. <laughs> I was like, I was like this guy's, I was like, this guy's making six figures. If this guy can do it, I can. I was like, you got, you got your backwards hat on, your chains hanging out. I was like, what, what is this? That guy was doing? not like, me. I don't wear chains. That was not me. <laughs> I don't know. That's the perception I had. Anyway. But, you know, you've come so far. It's been, you've been unbelievable to watch. And I, I just remember meeting you. I was like, that guy's cool. Like, he has what I want. And, and John Sankowitz actually introduced me to, to you. And he had what I wanted. You guys were young guys who maybe didn't have all, any special skills. I'm sure you'd admit any special advantages. But you were living a dream life in most people's eyes. I mean, you were in a different country every month. You were, you know, John lived in Europe for six months. He didn't have to get a real job after college. That is what I wanted. And I was willing to fi uh, finally put my ego aside and say, no matter what these guys say or do or look like or act like, you know, at the time I thought you guys were all crazy. I was like, what are these guys talking about? You know, getting so excited about this opportunity and everything. But um, I knew you guys had what I wanted. So I put my ego behind and I started to learn. I started to model what was working. And that is what got me initial success. And once you get a taste of that, then it just, the compound effect, you know, it really starts to compound. And I just made it a mission to work on myself every day and to stop letting those influences that were keeping me small in, you know, no longer listening to the voices of people who didn't have what I want, no longer watching crappy sitcoms that program my brain to make, make me think that life has to look like working a crappy job and catch, catching up with your boys at the bar later. And that's the same thing you do every day. No longer so, watching those movies, no longer watching the news, not letting those things in. Go ahead. So how did you, because you, like, you would have been pretty young, I'm guessing. How old were you then? 22, 23? 20, 21, really, when this whole process this started. Yeah, 21, 22, yep. Yeah, that's when I started. Well, how, how did you kind of go from being amongst, you know, you were, you were the jock? right you were the footy guy yep. um you know how did you go amongst that group partying all the time um to being around those people to knowing you want this thing or this how did you make that transition like i'm sure you would have copped some people um trash talking you saying some shit about you negative people Definitely. gossiping like how did you make that transition because I, I know for a fact especially in this industry that's a huge thing that kind of holds people back it's bridging that gap going am i really kind of brave enough to go after what i want and cop the arrows in the back long enough so you know and it's like that saying your your friends will start to celebrate you when they see strangers start to celebrate you but until you yep. get there it can it's it's you, you gotta be brave right so how did you kind of how did you transition from that yeah isn't that isn't that funny like you know in our in our in our in the industry of network marketing that we've both found our success in it's like the 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 phrase is what's the catch you know what's the catch you guys are living this life like what's the catch the catch is you lose the social esteem of some people in the beginning. But the thing is, it's not just network marketing. You know, you see it time and time again. Anytime somebody steps out and tries something new or even just begins reading these books. I mean, I had people saying like, oh, you're reading that sissy personal development stuff? Like, what is that? Like, quit wasting your time. Like, why are you reading that? You know, stupid comments like that because they don't understand. And I actually, I think I got lucky, to be honest. I mean, every every story has some luck along the way. And obviously when hard work meets, meets luck, good things happen. And the harder you work, the luckier you get. But I got lucky. I, I started dating my girlfriend Zoe at the time and she lived two hours away from where I went to school. 
And it started to give me an excuse to leave on the weekends. And I started getting myself out of that environment unknowingly. And when I started getting myself out of that environment, I wasn't waking up and being hung over all day Sunday. I suddenly had all this time to think and actually process my life and think about what life looked like. And these long drives back and forth this year, and I started slowly removing myself. And once I got a taste for what that looked like, I realized I need to start doing more of that. I need to start being really conscious because if the people, if you, if you spend your time with people and you leave that time with them and you don't feel good, you shouldn't spend any time with those people. That's not serving you in any shape or form. You know, if you are with people and you're leaving feeling anxious, you're willing, you're leaving feeling ashamed, you're leaving feeling any type of way except good, that, that group of people is not helping you. And when I started feeling good, I started realizing I need to get more people around me look like that. And for a long time, I had very little. It was lonely for that first year or two, you know, because I, because everyone, I had a very big network. I knew a lot of people. I had a lot of friends, but I, I needed to get smaller and find the right people. And that, you know, that, when you, what you're talking about, Morgan, you find out quickly who the real ones are, right? There's, of course, I had a few great friends who supported me every step of the way, but a lot of them disappeared once I started doing something different. A lot of them were negative. You know, a lot of those things happened, but over the course of time, I mean, some, that first year, a lot of my friends, a lot of my environment, a lot of my mentors were the people I listened to on podcasts like this. Mm. They were the people that I, you know, I never would even meet, people I read about in books. And sure enough, over time, I started to attract some of those better people into my life. And now years later, I'm so proud of the circle I have. I, I love, I mean, I don't spend time with anybody who doesn't make me feel good and I leave it. I love that. Exactly right. It's like, it's like the bigger your vision, the bigger your vision gets, the smaller your circle gets. Yep. And I, re- I realized that along the journey as well, but the, the better it gets, the bigger your vision gets, the bigger your smaller gets, uh, yeah, the smaller your circle gets, but the better your experiences get. Better quality Absolutely. of life. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. <clears throat> so, what, what do you, what do you think has been your biggest, what's, what's been, what's been the toughest part of your journey and what's been the biggest reward of your journey? Mm. There's so many ups and downs when you, uh, you know, betting on yourself, trying something different is, uh, it's, it's, it really is a lonely place sometimes. And, um, there's so many ups and downs, but one that really sticks out, at least I feel called to share with you now is I, I left my job in May of 2018. My goal, I was getting paid about 5,000 US dollars a month at the time at my job. And my goal was to get my, my business income to that on the side. And then I was going to quit. And I think I had two months in a row where I was at like 4,500. And I was like, yep, that's good enough. Let's get out of here. You know, once I, if I'm doing that with 10 hours, 15 hours a week, part time, sure enough, once I'm full time, I'll double that quickly. And as you know, that doesn't necessarily always happen. Right. And my first month out, I think that May, I only made like $1,800. It's the lowest month I had in a long time. And I was like, oh shit. Like, what did I just do? Have you ever had one of those moments? Yeah, dude. It's like the, the moment I left, I quit my job. Like I was not making anywhere near that. But, but here's the thing. Like people get financial success confused with financial freedom. And like you yep. can go, you're making your five grand, you know, like that would classify 10 grand a month, you know, 100K a year-ish as financial success, right? If you're in that 1% bracket. But, you know, if you're making that kind of money, you're chained to a cubicle, you've got no time, you're working 80 hours a week, and all that kind of stuff. But then financial freedom, it doesn't necessarily mean having to make that kind of money, but it's, it's the quality of life. So I realized that at 23, yeah. I was making probably residually maybe 600 bucks a week. And I was like, I looked at my life and I was like, I actually don't need to be making two grand a week to live in yeah. Mexico and do what I want to do. And, and I did that. And the week I moved to, I moved to LA for like two months first because I thought I liked LA. It turned out I didn't like LA. And um, <laughs> I, people are asking me, you know, because I was financially free at 23, the same as you, right? And 
I'm like, well, how's it feel? And I said, man, it feels like I just leased a Lamborghini. <laughs> it yep. feels like I'm driving a Lamborghini, but I don't own it. Like it, it was scary, but like that's where the growth yep. comes. You need to burn the bridges, burn the boats. And that's when you really faced, what's that saying? You know, if you want to find the island, you need to be brave enough to lose sight of the shore. And you just yep. need to burn those bridges, burn those boats and go for it. And that's, um, that's absolutely. And it, it turned out to be the best decision I ever made. And although that month was tough and a lot of stress and anxiety, you know, I was, I was smart. I didn't, I didn't put myself in any kind of financial bind. I was all in my head about it. Just thinking scarcity mode, you know, like, Oh, what if, what if this continues to go this way? What if, and, and like you said, I mean, the, the following year, um, my girlfriend and I, we traveled the world for a year and although I, I did pretty well financially and made a lot of money, I probably spent less traveling the world living like a king than I would have if I would have had a nice apartment in the city I was living in, still working that job, paying my car, payment, paying for rent, paying for a mortgage, whatever. You know, people, there's a, in, in the movie Wall Street, famous movie from like the 90s, uh, Charlie Sheen stars in this movie. And the whole kind of a young guy, he's a young gun, he's hustling and he goes to Wall Street to make his fortune. And the whole movie, he keeps talking about like, I'm going to make it big. I'm going to make it big. I'm going to make all this money. And when I'm, when I'm 30, I'm going to be a millionaire and then I'm going to retire and I'm going to go to China and I'm going to buy a motorcycle and I'm going to ride across China on a motorcycle. And the funny part, I think Tim Ferriss is the one that said this is where I got this. The funny part is he could take a thousand dollars in his pocket, go to China, ride across China on a motorcycle right now. You know, he doesn't need to be a millionaire and retire in his 30 to go ride across China on a motorcycle. He can take a thousand dollars and go do it today and live, live like a king. And I think people, they like to make their dreams really far away because it's safe. You know, I think if they say like that dream's big, it's really big. And I'm, I dream big, but they kind of hide behind their big dreams by saying, well, I can't do that until this, until this, until this, you got to do what you want to do now. Because if you start doing what you want to do now, not only are you living life in the moment and not putting things off that may never happen, but the better you start feeling on a daily basis, the happier you are, the more successful you are, the more things you start to attract into your life. And if you, if your dream is to travel the world, Morgan will tell you this, he's done it himself. Like you don't need, you don't need billions. I mean, you can, you can do it. And it was just, it was a really interesting lesson for me to learn because I was living in a scarcity mode that first month. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm not even going to pay the bills. And then a year later, you know, I traveled the world living like a king. And, uh, all because I, I burned the boats and I really gave this my all. And, um, you know, after a year of doing it full time, things look really great. And now it's, I, I'm, it's the best decision I've ever made. Best decision I've ever made. I love that, bro. So just all up, you know, make making the decision, burn the boats, going with your gut again, but, um, the compound effect. Cause that's the thing. Like you went at this a year straight and, and it's so crazy. What can happen in your life when you just go all out a hey, just, just 12 months, like what, like yep. six months. What can happen at anything? If you go all out at something for six months, fire out. It can put your years ahead of the game. And I think a lot of the time, the inconsistency is the thing I see. A lot of the time, people aren't getting what they want because they only do it on the days they feel like doing it. The big thing is you need to be doing it on the days you don't feel like doing it. You need to do it on the days that, yep. you know, like it, it's, you need to commit. Like a commitment means is like doing the thing you said you'd do long after the feeling has gone in which you said you'd do it. In. When you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm feeling pumped about it. In two weeks, if you don't want to do that thing, so what? Have integrity. You committed to it. Stick to your word. That's how you build trust. And that's how you build credibility and a, and a freaking the income that you want, right? Um, we're uh, we're fly by the by, by the seat of our pants kind of guys. We didn't even plan this, but it seems like the theme of our call here, our, our theme of our talk, is the compound effect. You know, it keeps coming back up over and over and over again. It's like it's crazy because everything worthwhile is hard. Everything worthwhile is hard. Everything. 
And it's going to be really hard in the beginning, especially. So why, why, like the, the, the thing you need to realize is why stretch that pain and that hard period out longer than it needs to be. If we can just focus and work as hard as we can in the beginning to get whatever we're working on off the ground. And then it's easy after that. And you know, I'm, I'm studying Chinese right now. My goal is to become fluent in Chinese. And I read some articles like, the blog articles that said be fluent in Chinese in three to six months. And I'm like, yeah, right. Because Chinese is like the hardest language in the world to learn. And they say it takes two years. And if you're an adult, you might be screwed. But these guys, their approach to learning Chinese is the compound effect. It's find the most 500 used words in the Chinese language and just memorize them over and over and over again in your first month. And once you have those, then you can start watching movies, talking to people, and you can pick up everything else you need over time. And it's, it's so, so applicable to every area of our life. Like find the most important pieces of whatever you're working towards, whatever your goals are, and bust them out. Focus on just that. Eliminate everything else. You know, people will study Chinese for, for years at universities, and they're studying all these grammar rules and all these fancy things. And by the end of four years of university, they're still not even fluent. And I'm making huge leaps and strides right now by following these guys' advice, to just focusing on the core elements and really hammering it out fast and hard in the beginning. Same thing with our business, Morgan. The people that are the most successful are usually the ones that launch the fastest and the hardest in that first year or two. And same thing with every other habit you're trying to build or any success you're trying to build to. Like the compound effect works and it will work over time, but inconsistency kills people and motivation never lasts. And if you can focus in the beginning on the core elements that are actually going to move you forward, you can get things going much faster than you ever thought possible. So good. And what, what you mentioned before about the, um, you're mentioning that limiting beliefs, right? The, the, the devil on your shoulder. And I was having this conversation a couple of days ago when I was starting this podcast, because this is something that's been on my mind for probably six or 12 months. And I kept putting off because I go, no, no, no more. You're not making, you know, you're not making a million bucks a year yet. When you're making a million bucks a year, then you can go and do this stuff. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's logical. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah make a million bucks a year. And then a few months ago, I was like, maybe I don't have to make a million bucks. Maybe I just get to a half a million bucks. When I'm at half a million bucks a year, I'm going to do this. I'm going to write this book. I'm going to do the stuff that I want to do. And then I was sitting there just talking to myself. And I'm thinking, man, what the hell? Like the more self-development we do, the more awareness we have, our limiting beliefs actually just get a lot smarter. So now my limiting beliefs isn't something like you can't do this. People are going to look at you, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's going, no, 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 no. You can't do that yet because you still need to do X, Y, B. And it sounds so, so reasonable. And you're like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. So, so often, so many people are sitting there going, I like, and I actually did this about a couple of months before I quit my job uh, and, and went full time in this because I, I was thinking the same thing. I was telling other people, you know, if you're not happy right now, just go and travel. If you want to travel, go travel. If you want to do that thing, just go and do that thing, figure it out along the way. And meanwhile, I was saying this job that I freaking hated still thinking, what the hell? I should just take my own advice. And that's the thing. It's like exactly what you said before. You delay it because it's so far away and it's more comfortable. But then when you face off with it, like this week, putting all this together and I'm like, I'm just having so much fun actually sitting in the fear going, this is so interesting how it's scary. And why is it scary? Like I just got to find the joy, dance through it and, and understand that that's this, this limiting belief that's going to keep me broken, unhappy for longer. And the faster we can kind of just get over that, get past our bullshit, and, and focus on, on the mission and the impact, then that's just, that's just the start and it's all going to start to make a lot of sense. That's so good, man. It's so good. The smarter, the smarter you are, the, the harder this is because your limiting belief sounds, that devil gets so smart in your ear, you know, talking, it sounds so good. You just buy into it. You know, I think 
that's why there's so many stories of C students who, who are, you know, C students like you and I, or maybe even didn't even, you know, go to college who are so successful in the entrepreneurial world because you're not as smart. Your excuses aren't as smart. They don't sound as good. You know, it's, it's crazy. It's so hard to be aware of. It really is. And it never goes away. You always have both voices in your head. You always have them and you have to be aware of who's talking, who you're listening to. Yeah. I love that, dude. Um, Tyler, how do you envision the next five years of your life? What's that look like? You give me 30. 30, 30. 30. We're getting where, old, Where are we, we having your 30th party? Let's start oh, with that. Man. Which country? Let's do somewhere cool. Can we do 26? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for a party now. Let's do Fiji. I'm ready. I'm ready. Global. global yeah, so 30. Where am I going to be? You know, in the, in the next five years, before I really uh, enter maybe the next era of life, so to speak, start a family, do those kind of things, you know, I have some huge goals for my business. I'm going to really double down on this network marketing thing and, and become a seven figure earner in this industry. I know that's, you know, a big goal of yours, Morgan as well. And we'll be there. Um, that's one thing I'm going to do. Um, I, I really have a desire to impact a lot of people with a lot of the things we talked about today. Honestly, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about this kind of stuff, the, the beliefs and the power they have, because I've seen in my life firsthand, what you can do to your reality if you can shift your beliefs. And I, I love helping people have those breakthroughs. And um, I found a real passion for speaking on those topics, making videos, speaking on stages. And I want to do a lot more of that in the next five years. And um, Man, I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to keep doing that. I got a lot of places to see. And I've been to, I don't even know, maybe a dozen countries or so. I got a lot more to go. I got to catch up to you. So we got we to gotta plan a trip here soon. Let's do it, baby. Let's do South America. Let's do Africa. Africa would be a fun one, I think. Go to a safari. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got to get to all the continents. I haven't been to Africa yet. I haven't been to Australia yet. I got to yeah, come dude. to Australia. So. Come down under. Let's do it. <laughs> I love down that, dude. Under. Let's do it. Any, anything else you kind of want to touch on in, in that, that the belief patterns, the, the, those kinds of things, or do you think we've kind of covered enough? Yeah, I think, I think um, there's three. I mean, there's three principles that I think um, have helped me transform my life the way I have and have helped people that are a lot more successful than you and I do the same thing and um, could help, you know, the listeners here do the same. And, and the three things to really go to work on and focus on are number one, your beliefs and your thoughts, which we talked a lot about today, because without those on point, nothing else matters. You know, if you, if you, if you want, if you go out and start a business and you say your goal is to make six figures, quit your job and travel the world, but you don't believe that's possible, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. And if you, if you know the habits that you need to make to get there, it doesn't matter if you don't believe it's possible. So the beliefs and focusing on personal development, being mindful of your environment, being How do you mindful build more to who you listen to. How do you build more How belief, do you build more belief if belief? you're setting a big goal or something you've never done before? You, you, to, if you've never done something before, you need to surround yourself with people that have. And you might not know those people. I did not know those people. But I read the books. I listened to podcasts. I... I your brain is like a sponge. It soaks up whatever you're around. If you're around people who think small, who talk small, who act small, and you watch movies and TV shows of people talking and acting small, you will think talking and act small. But if you can get your mind in the books of successful people, if you can read the biographies, if you can get around podcasts like this, listen to people like Morgan, get around those people in your real life, if you're lucky enough to have those, you start to see the world differently. And it's, it's a work. It is a job to work on your beliefs. You have to approach it like a job. I don't miss a day. Every morning, every night, I have a routine of reading books and meditating and listening to things. It is a job that you need to take so seriously. It's the most important job you'll ever have. So that's the, the first thing I'd like to leave everybody with is go to work on that. Now, the second piece, once you have that in point, is go to work on your habits. Because you, we can sit here and talk about all this high-minded stuff, 
all day long and it sounds really great. Oh yeah, I believe, I believe I'm capable, I'm capable. But if you still have shitty habits, you're still going to have a shitty outcome. If you still, you know, drink a beer every night and you still go out every weekend and you still smoke up all day long, if you still treat your body like a landfill, if you still watch two hours of Netflix every night, no matter what you believe, your life's not moving forward. And that's the compound effect. And that's what we've talked about the whole time. So once your beliefs are on point, you really need to check in, like do an audit of your day-to-day life, do an audit of where you're spending your time. It, sometimes you'll be astounded. I mean, I'm astounded sometimes when I sit down with people who say, hey, Tyler, I don't have time for an extra business or a side hustle right now. I'm so, okay, let's look at your time. And we looked at the eight hours they have for their job, the eight hours they have for sleep, and the three or four other hours they have for necessities. And there's five hours just disappearing every day. And I'm like, where are these going? And they're going to crappy habits. That's where they're going. And if you can lock this in, the compound effect will always take care of your success in the long run. It might not show up right away. That year I read 82 books, 81 books in a year, it didn't, it didn't show up. My life didn't change. But today, my life is drastically different because of the actions I took then. And that's what compounding habits will do. And then the third piece, once you have your mind right, once you have your habits right, you know, if you want to live that kind of lifestyle, you're listening to a podcast like this, obviously you do. You got you to gotta take a look at your income strategy. How are you making an income? Are you making an income, you know, doing things that everybody else that's doing the same job you are is unhappy and broke and, and miserable? Are you working on something that, you know, at the end of that ladder you're climbing, there's people that have what you want. And that's, you know, an epiphany I had in the corporate world is I looked around at my bosses who were 20 years ahead of me and making, you know, $50,000 a year more than me, but they weren't very happy and they still only had three weeks of vacation. And I didn't want to be like that. And I realized I was climbing the wrong ladder. And once I got into the vehicle I'm in now, I saw people that had what I want. I knew if I climbed hard, I'd get there. So making sure your income strategy is in alignment with what you say you want, because as much as you can say you want big things, if you're climbing the wrong ladder, if your ladder's against the wrong wall, you're screwed. So I really believe that with your beliefs, your habits, and your income strategy, you can radically change your life in a short period of time. I mean, I did in just a year or two. I know Morgan did the same. Bro, you killed that. That's so freaking good. Absolutely love that, bro. To wrap this up, I'm going to ask you one last question. So thank you so much for giving us your time, dude. You're an absolute legend. Um, where can people find you on socials or your home address? Best place to find me is, is, is Instagram. That's where, I'm, that's where I'm at. Instagram at Tyler.Walter underscore. I do my best to post some fire IGTVs and put out some good stuff there, but would love to hear from me. Shoot me a DM. Let me know how I can help. But uh, yeah, Morgan, really appreciate the opportunity, man. I love, love chatting it up with you as always and can't wait to do it over at Pisco Sour sometime soon. Yes, dude. I can't wait. Let's get Adam Nesbitt there with us as well. <laughs> love it, bro. <laughs> I do. So if you were to go back in time and give your 18 yourself, 18 year old self, 30 seconds of advice, what would it be? Hmm. Man. That's a good question. That's a good one to end on. You should have given me some heads up on that. Sheesh. I think, you know, the thing that comes to mind most, the reason that my, from 18 to 21, my life wasn't very great. And the reason my life from 21 to 25 has been a lot better has been my environment. It's been the people I spend time with, the things I listen to. And if I could go back, I would tell myself that, uh, you know, I ended up not using my degree. I don't know if I'd say don't go to college. I still got a lot of good benefit out of it, but I would tell myself, be very careful who you make friends with when you go there and be very mindful of being out with and quit being addicted to having so many friends and being a popular guy and, and find the people that are going to help you get to where you want to get in life and, and people that you want to be around and people that you feel good being around. If you don't feel good around who you're around, don't be around them. I spent a lot of time from 18 to 21 with people that didn't make me feel good about myself. And 
Um, you know, having changed that habit in the last couple of years, my life has changed drastically. So the biggest thing I would give to my 18 year old self and any 18 year old listening is anybody listening for that matter. Take a look at who you're spending time with, what you're listening to, what you're watching and, and fix it quickly and, and get it in alignment with where you want to go. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, if you know anyone else who is as passionate for life as they are successful, then please send them my way. I'd absolutely love to have them on the show. As Zig Ziglar says, if you help enough people get what they want in life, you'll have everything you want. So that's why each month I'm choosing one lucky person who has left a review to have a free private 30-minute coaching call with me. So guys, if you got some value or inspiration from this, it goes such a long way. If you can just take 10 seconds and leave a five-star review and you'll go in the draw to win the call. And if you could share this with a friend, I would be forever grateful. Until next time, guys, I've got your back. Go out and dream out loud.